I, you know, I went to college, I majored in communications, and then I didn't really want to go the route of a regular, you know, I didn't play my cards right, so to speak. A lot of people I graduated with, I went to St. Mary's of Notre Dame, they did, and I did very well grade-wise, but you're supposed to play a certain game, you're supposed to go on interviews, you, and I could have worked for a good company, and I just wanted my freedom. Even at that stage, I was scared of being trapped like in an office. So the first job I got was I um, went to um, the double-decker bus, tour bus company in Chicago because I wanted to be able to be outside and be free. So it was the summer, and I was singing um, singing tour guide, and I was making four twenty-five an hour after college. It was kind of stupid in retrospect, but and plus tips, and that's how I survived. And then um, <laughs> when it rained, I realized you make no money at that job. So I had to rethink things, and I had to kind of compromise and go into the, the workforce. And, and it seemed with communications as my major, sales is where I was being pointed. So I proceeded to go through a number of sales jobs, about 10 years of horrible corporate sales-related work. It was so stressful, um, and I felt like a slave. Even though I was making good money, I was working many, many hours, and I felt like I was in a constant state of fear. And um, at one point, you know, I, I actually asked God when I was on the tour bus, dear God, please bring in me a nice man to take care of me and take me nice places. That was my only prayer. And that's exactly what I got was a nice young man who was very, very much a workaholic. And he, you know, paid for everything, but hardly ever saw him. So we were married for like eight and a half years in my 20s. And um I all of a sudden was like, all of a sudden, 10 years was gone, and I was not really living a life I loved. I was I was kind of working really, really hard, and then I'd go to happy hour after work sometimes or party on the weekends to forget work, and that, you know, they call that the weekend warrior lifestyle, and that's really not actually living. When you're, you know, your most of your life is put toward work, but you don't love what you're doing, so I was in that state of the golden handcuffs. You know, in America, we talk about the land of the free, but really, it's the land of slavery in many ways. I know there are other countries that are worse, but if you have a car note or a mortgage or rent, you know, we're all paying, quote unquote, the man. Even people who own their own home, the bank owns their home when you're paying the mortgage, you know. If you don't pay the mortgage, the bank takes your home. So basically, we're all, most of us, trapped unless you're in the 1% or the really independently wealthy or the really smart who saved your money. We go from the two-week to two-week paycheck and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And it's um, very stressful. And that's not really living the divine life. So what caused me to wake up from my life of automatic pilot was my sister passed away suddenly I got a call that was um, basically at a week notice. She had gone to the doctor with a headache and a sore throat, a really bad headache, Memorial Day weekend, um, two th- or 1997. And they said, it's serious. So our whole family flew out from Chicago and we were in the ICU with her that week and every single organ failed. And they didn't know what was, what was causing it. They were sending her tissue samples to the four corners of the world. No one could figure out what the problem was, why she was dying. And she was very healthy and athletic, basketball player, like star athlete, and in great shape and great health before that. So it was really baffling. And on her autopsy, fever of unknown origin. So needless to say, this really shocked me out of my life of kind of automatic pilot. And I realized you can really die any day. And it really, I went through this deep depression. 
for many months. I got separated from my husband. I stopped cable TV. I stopped opening mail. I had no distractions. I stopped even listening to the radio, no other music. I listened to one CD, actually two CDs. One was by Harold Grandstaff Moses called The Drone, which is the song of the spheres. And then one other one that was a chakra clearing. I didn't even know what chakras were at that time. I just was guided to this harp CD, and it was just harp music by Joel Andrews. I think it's called Seven Wheels of Light. So I interchanged those two CDs and was really, really quiet. And I had a lot of distractions before that. So getting quiet... I was finally able to hear my soul and to hear the angels. And I started to get messages and I started getting guidance. And someone um, gave me a book called Embrace by the Light, which was my first metaphysical book I'd ever read. And it really um, gave me so much peace because I was really worried about what happened to my sister when she died. And then when I found out there are not only hundreds of thousands, but there are over a million near-death experience books and people from all corners of the world from Ireland to Mississippi to Eskimos, they, they have a near death, meaning they actually are pronounced dead for a certain amount of time. And they almost all have the same experience with very little exception. They all, are all these people hallucinating and they're all making this up, that they all go through a white tunnel of white light and they go to the other side and they're greeted with unconditional love. Can that many people, over a million people who are pronounced dead for a length of time be, be lying? I was so relieved to hear that this option was there, and it's not like you just go to hell if you, let's say, have sex before marriage and you have a mortal sin on your conscience. That's what I was raised with, that belief system as a Catholic. Then you just go directly to hell. So I was kind of worried uh, about my sister and where she was and what happened to her, but after I read this book, Embraced by the Light, I was just flooded with so much relief and tears of joy ran down my face as I read this book, and I knew she was safe, and I had many visitations and dreams about her since then, and I know she's loving her experience on the other side, and she's kind of like a coach, like one of my spirit guides now, who helps me in my life. So that metaphysical book opened the door for a lot of mystical experiences to happen, and um, I ran across an article by Archangel Michael, and he, um, I'd heard of him being raised Catholic, you know, he's the one who slays the dragon and the serpent, and he He's a very powerful protector angel. But I didn't realize he was actively working on planet Earth, helping people right now today and intervening in the world, in the state of world affairs. And I read this channeling that was, do you want to be an emissary of light? If so, say yes, and I will use you. And I wrote him a letter saying, I want to be an emissary of light. That's the job I want. I don't want to be in sales or business development or pounding the pavement and being stressed out in a state of fear of how I'm going to pay my rent and all this stuff. I want to be a free being, and I want to be an angel that helps people, and I want that to be my full-time job. So I wrote him a letter, like, if you're for real, I am, give me a sign. That was April 2001. So there was a period of time after my sister died, after that six months of silence, where I started writing songs, and I recorded an album, and I met a gentleman who booked me at a couple world uh, piece like um, Body, Mind, Spirit Expos in Denver and North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. His name is Larry Contier. And we were talking on the phone. He said he was going to swim with the dolphins. And I said, I, I always wanted to swim with the dolphins. He said, well, just say the word and you can go. And I said, word. Next thing you know, I'm on a $5,000 free trip. He, he said, I don't have to pay him back. It's a free gift. He feels very guided to offer it to me. He didn't really talk about angels. 
And I get to Hawaii, and lo and behold, it's Doreen Virtue, who I had never heard of, channeling Archangel Michael, three months from the date of my letter that I wrote Archangel Michael asking for a sign. So I realized that my everyday Earth Angel training had started at that point, and I had the most blissful, life-transforming experience swimming with wild dolphins, 200 wild dolphins circling me for, 20, uh, for 45 minutes in a beautiful group of other beings in, in um, Hawaii, staying at this five-star resort and just getting all these beautiful angelic downloads and from Doreen, and she did a reading for me, and she said, you're psychic, you could be doing what I'm doing, you're clairaudient, claircognizant, you're channeling songs, you're channeling the angels. And she gave me a really empowering reading. And then I applied for a scholarship, which she gave me to her um, angel therapy practitioner training course. That was February of 2002, and that started my journey. So then I started just following this thread of synchronicities. I met someone in Hawaii who happened to be going to Europe for three months and said I could sublet his apartment. So packed up my car. By the way, I got amicably divorced in here somewhere. <laughs> My husband and I, we didn't ask for a lawyer. We just went and held hands and said, thank you so much for everything. We're, not, we're pretending to build a future together. Let's go our separate ways. Blessings. It was very amicable and fine. So I moved to California. I go from wearing suits, high heels, nylons every day to going on Venice Beach, playing guitar and singing, and doing angel readings in wings. I had so many. I put the wings through holes in the back of my shirts and T-shirts so it looked like it was coming out of my back. I went through so many pairs of wings from the Mother Pucker Feather Company <laughs> and so many different shirts. And I had just an incredible time. Just I was being an everyday earth angel. I would literally ask the angels every morning, where do I go, what do I do, what do I say, and to whom? And I was living a free life of and I was in tune with my own divine nature, and I felt so, it was so beautiful following the synchronicities and meeting the people I was supposed to meet and showing up where I was supposed to show up and just marveling at how much the angels loved delighting me. And now I coach people as a divine lifestyle consultant to free, give people the courage to live a life that's more in alignment with your soul that is more authentic to who you really are. And that's what Archangel Michael does too is he helps people you know, to release you from the effects of fear. Because fear is so prevalent in our world, the 3D world of fear, lack, scarcity, stress, separation. This is the illusion, the third dimensional old earth. That old paradigm is falling away. The old system is going down like the Titanic. I don't know if you've noticed, but our leaders <laughs> may not be in the highest integrity. And those, it's all going to, it's basically, it's going down. And so the new earth is love, um, unity consciousness, you know, abundance for all, freedom. And these are the, this is what it means to be divine. When I help people get excited about creating a life newly from a new vision or a new idea or really tuning into their heart and soul for the first time, like I did after the six months of, wait a minute, how did I get that job? That's not my hot. This is, you know, that talking head song. This is not my beautiful wife. This is not my beautiful house. It was like, this is not my husband. This is not my job. This is not my friends. What in the world? This, I didn't choose any of this. It was like life was chosen by default. You take your reins back and you say, no, this is my life. And it's not enough to just um, decide, like, that you're going to have fun. I, I really thought it would just be more, it is a lot of fun, but unless you have a vision that's greater than yourself, that's guiding you forward, 
which is like your soul's, you're in tune with your soul's purpose, then you can only have so much fun. <laughs> so my logo is a heart with two wings, and the heart is the heart-centered purpose that guides me forward and the people that I coach. And then the wings are freedom and pleasure. So it's being guided on your heart's, you know, your soul's purpose, which is heart-centered and a vision on the wings of freedom and pleasure. And the foundation is that you are divine. And what does that mean? That God created you and you're connected to God. And being raised Catholic, I was told the Holy Spirit is within. And that is the spirit of God dwelling through you as you. And I also used to sing in all the Catholic masses and choirs for many years. And one of my favorite songs is Christ has no body now but yours. Christ, we live, said the anointed one, Love lives through us as us. Our divine nature touches other people every day. And when we're in tune with our true nature and we're not being from this ego standpoint of I'm separate, I'm scared, I'm alone, you know, and um, I'm insecure and what am I doing? And that really that space of fear, fear-based, you can't really accomplish too much there. But when you let go of that and you remember the truth that you are divine and your life is the life of God, anything becomes possible. And a visualization I love to use, you know, the two most powerful ones, I I've, do chakra clearing every day, which are all the chakras. And those are, that's chakra is Sanskrit for wheel or disc. And they're the major, there are seven major energy centers in the body. But the ones, if I only have a minute to get centered, that I focus on our heart, which is love, because our true nature is love and then the solar plexus. So if you picture the sun, which is connected to um, God directly, and you picture the sun dwelling or shining in the middle of you, connected directly to our sun in our solar system, the grand central sun in the center of the multiverses, and directly connected to God, you then, all of a sudden, your human problems and everything and your stress melts away, and you remember, oh, all is well, I'm connected to all that is, and I have access to the one mind of God and the wisdom, and the infinite possibilities. So I remember that I'm a powerful divine being of the light, and I focus on that sun, and then the fears and stress melt away. And then I put my hand on my heart, and I think of something I love, like a, my, a, a little baby, my new baby nephew, or a little puppy or a kitten, or one of those fluffy animals on Facebook, <laughs> the baby hedgehog. And my heart just explodes with this openness and I remember that feeling of what it feels like to feel love or that explosive heart-bursting love. And then I turn it in on my own inner child and I love myself so deeply. And this can all happen in a split second, just that, oh, love, 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 send it to my heart. And I remember I am love. And because I have so much patience and love and appreciation for my inner child instead of this constant tyrant that is beating me up, the ego, it intercepts it. And all of a sudden, I'm not being hard on myself, but I'm just being totally loving and acceptance with so much self-love. And then it automatically goes out and filters into the world. And, and when I leave the house, every other person I meet can be a new potential best friend or beloved or brother, sister. I feel connected to the people in the world because we are all one. So the heart and the solar plexus, everything else is important as well, but those are the two things that I focus on if I have limited time to get really centered. In one minute, you can do both those. Picture a sun, put your hand on your heart, feel love, and spread it to the world. 
So some of the principles of what does it mean to live a divine life is sovereignty. And I remember when I saw that word, actually it was called personal sovereignty, I read that in a book about um, these Celtic singers. And I'd never seen it written quite like that or discussed quite like that, but it was almost like the words leapt off the page and they were lit up. It was so significant to me because it was so foreign to me. Because I had been giving my power away for so long to my parents, to the church, to jobs and bosses, to my husband, that I had no idea what it meant to be, to be sovereign. And what does it mean? It means you become the king or queen of your own life. And, you know, some people would argue, who do you think you are, the queen of Sheba? I think my mom used to say this to me all the time. My name is Sheila, and my friends call me Shishi. But when, when I was younger, my mom would say, who do you think you are, the queen of Sheba? <laughs> and it, it kind of can seem like a bad thing. You think you're the queen of the world. But really, it's not about me being the queen and ordering everyone else around. It's me just saying, this is my life, and I have a say over my own life. And life is not randomly happening to me. It's happening from me. And I'm going to very carefully choose to focus on what I want in my life and not what I don't want. And um, I, it's not like I'm total anarchy, like I don't do anything the government says you should do. I still do some things like, you know, get a driver's license so I can drive and a passport so I can travel. And those are some rules that I had to kind of follow by. But pretty much the rest, if it's optional, I don't really subscribe to other people's things that they're telling me I should and must do. I answer to myself and God, and that's it. (coughs) So along those lines, another principle of divine life (coughs) is freedom, which means having choices. You, You know, I noticed when I was in that state of fear all the time, I was like, I have to do this, I have to do that. And that word have to it felt very violent, like I had no say over my own life. It felt like stress. And then when I realized that I could ask the angels to either change how I feel about something so I want to do it or just to take it away and replace it with something else that I do want to do, that was like the most beautiful feeling of freedom I could imagine. And also when I realized that, you know, fear of death isn't real. Death, you know, energy is never created or destroyed. It only changes form. And so when you cross over to the other side, you, I mean, you, we live, our soul lives forever. And when I was freed up from the fear of death, it just really, it did make life more like this interactive video game or a Candyland game that you're just playing. You cannot screw it up too bad. And if you do, you do get a do-over. You know, and it makes sense to follow the next principle of living a divine life, which is joy, or you've heard that before a million times, following your bliss. Is it that simple? Yes. If it feels good to you and you feel excited, that is saying whatever you're doing is in alignment with your soul right now. If you feel bad, heavy, sad, down, it's your soul is communicating to you, mayday, mayday, whatever you're thinking or doing right now is not in alignment. I repeat, not in alignment. Your feelings are always telling you whether what you're doing or thinking or saying is in alignment. And so joy is one of the principles when you realize you're divine, you feel joy and excitement and gratitude in every moment. And then another principle of living a divine life, of course, is love. So when you realize that you're connected to everyone and that you are made of love, your heart expands and you feel love and compassion for everyone and you realize Literally everyone is just like a little child 
you know, we're all pretending to be grown-ups, and we all just want to be loved and respected. And, when, and even if someone has bad behavior where they're in pain and they're acting out, you can bring love to that person and acceptance and focus in on their higher self. Don't focus in on the um, character flaws. Another principle of living a divine life is celebration. I am a master of celebration. I used to have a business called the Celebration Specialist, and I would help throw parties. It was a lot, a lot of work, but I still love celebrating myself and my friends. I went to a birthday party last night. It was a rock star-themed birthday, and the woman had a red carpet and a paparazzi and everything, and she told me, she came up to me afterward, and she said, Shishi, you have influenced me so much. I kept thinking, you know, this is the first party I planned for myself in 20 years, and I kept thinking while I was planning it, what would Shishi do? What would Shishi do? (laughs) And uh, she decided that she deserves to celebrate herself and her life. It's not selfish. It's not conceited. She created a beautiful experience for her friends to sing and play and, and dress up and have a ball. There's nothing selfish about that. She didn't want to be the center of attention because of this false humility. Really, we are all gifts to the world, and we should all be celebrated, not because we need, 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 but because it's a celebration and a gratitude for life. Another um, principle of living a divine life is focusing on the good and seeing the good and beauty in everything and everyone. So I see it like heaven on earth is focusing on the good and what, and hell on earth is focusing on what's wrong. And there's so many different things going on in every given moment that it's always both. You know, it's true that the world is in a state of hell and that there's child sex tra- trafficking and pedophilia priests and all these horrific things and abuse and animals being abused and Monsanto stealing all the seeds and patenting them and controlling the world's supply and Nestle taking all the water. And these things are true. And when you focus on that, it feels like what? Hell on earth. I can also choose to focus on the beautiful lavender and butterflies in the backyard and the beautiful creative um, musical gifts that people are sharing and the beautiful hearts of uh, generous people everywhere who are um, helping others, They're, you know, and then that world becomes heaven on earth. So divine life focuses on the good. And if you feel a pet cause is calling you and it feels like a purpose or something you want to get behind, you put your energy into that and it feels good helping. But if you're just focusing on all the things wrong, it can really take you into a downward spiral and then you're not able to help anyone. So another divine life principle is creativity. So we are made in the image and likeness of the creator. And when we are creating... We're happiest. You know, we can only watch so many movies and play so many video games and see other people's plays and other people's creations, and it's good to do that, to support our friends and to see other people's creativity and to celebrate it. But our soul is wanting to express a unique gift. We are spirit expressing, and that's the purpose of life, is to express your unique gift. And I found when I coach people, I help a lot of people who just shut down to their creativity and kind of fell into some job that's not exciting, but they just were stuck there for 20 years or whatever, to help them get back in touch with their own passion and why they're here. And so creativity is one of the most beautiful things, whether it's singing or writing poems or dancing or anything that you want to do, creating a film. Creativity is when we are generating something new and creative, we feel most alive and passionate. 
Another life principle of, of living a divine life is playfulness. And I often say fun and play is the angel's way. You know, sometimes I coach people, even if they're workaholics, to go play. And it seems counterintuitive. It's like, well, I need to work harder to be more successful. What if you take the day off and you go to the ocean and you connect with your inner child and then you get into this good state of joy and of vibrancy and then your vibrational frequency increases so that you magnetize cool opportunities and investors and business contacts and all kinds of things, great things can come through. So um, playfulness is something that's very important, getting in touch with our inner child that original childlike awe and wonder is so, so empowering to get back and feel that. And I love playing with my friends. I probably have a minimum of a party a week um, and <laughs> because playfulness is my most favorite, favorite thing. So another attribute of, a, of living a divine life is abundance. So I remember when I was younger, I read that Bible verse, Jesus came so that we could have life and have it abundantly. And I remember asking God, you know, I was very faithful. I wanted to marry Jesus. I actually wanted to be a nun at one point. I was super, super, and I'm still in love with Jesus. Don't get me wrong. But I asked him, like, what does this mean? When life is so stressful and you can't pay for anything, how, what, what does it mean you came so we could have life abundantly? It doesn't feel very abundant. It feels like money doesn't grow on trees. When we're connected with our divine nature then we, and we remember the truth of who we are, which is limitless, lavish abundance connected to God, Anything is possible. There are infinite resources, infinite possibilities, and miracles every moment can happen. And um, it's, it's the magical, mystical way to live, is raising your frequency to the oneness where everything is connected, and that's when doors open and synchronicities happen where you're guided to the highest version of your life path. Another attribute of a divine life is unity consciousness or connection, where you realize you are connected to God, your angels, and, and everybody else. And how do I do angel readings as to the one mind of God, where our higher selves are all connected, and every single person I interact with is my other self. And God sends me people that are my divine assignments. That's who usually gets coaching or reading for me. God literally assigns them to me. I show up, and they show up, and we work together, and miracles happen. So another attribute of a, of a divine life is royalty. Like we talked about being the king or queen of your own life. You start treating yourself like royalty and owning your inner king or queen where you get ma uh, massages, manis, petties. You can do barters and trades. You can get creative. You can live a five-star fabulous life without even having millions of dollars. In fact, some of my millionaire clients are the most stressed out and they don't indulge themselves often. And they live like someone who has less money than people who have no money. It's a mindset. So I'm coaching them how to live in a life of freedom, ease, and grace, and joy, and treating yourself with love and not being hard on yourself. So uh, another thing that's very important for living a divine life is, is presence, which is the ability to be here now, fully present. This is very rare. It's almost eerie when you're talking to someone and they're taking deep breaths and looking in your eyes and connecting to your heart. It's so rare in our world to experience that. It's almost like, what's wrong with that person? You sh you're supposed to be complaining and saying, I'm so busy, busy, busy. I have to go here. I have to go that. I should have done this. I should have done that. Oh, and, and not present. It's much more normal in our world to be not present and to be 
and you know the Sesame Street the Sesame Street generation is what I was raised with, which is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we get these like five second snippets and sound bites and we're raised to be ADD and not be able to focus. What if you could put your hand on your heart and be with whatever's happening? I have some wealthy clients who are like on a vacation. They cannot be on the vacation. They have more money than God, in my opinion, <laughs> not really, but a lot of money. And they're on a beach thinking about stressful things and thinking about money when they're the last person that should be thinking about money. What if you had freedom and peace? What you, that's the ultimate riches, inner peace and peace of mind and feeling that all is well. And the truth is that all is well and God is in charge. And everything happens for a reason. And I call God the grand organized design. So even if things seem chaotic or don't make sense, somewhere it's making sense. And every single thing happens for your growth and evolution. So those are some of the attributes of living a divine life. And we're going to be taking calls for some angel readings now. Um, Listen to International Angels Network five days a week where we explore everything metaphysical, spiritual, mystical, and much more. We also take your calls for angel messages live on air. If you're not able to join us live, you can catch the archived podcast on iTunes, Pinterest, Potable, Player FM, CastBox, Podtail, Podchaser, and now on Google Play. And you can connect with me as a host at internationalangelsnetwork.com. For info on my readings, events, and coaching packages, please visit my website, divineguidancereadingswithans.com. Or you can follow or friend me on social media. On Facebook, I'm Shishi O'Donnell with a hyphen, Shishi, S-H-E-S-H-E. Or Divine Guidance Readings with Angel Shishi. You can find me on Facebook, my, my work page, or Angel nope. Shishi on Instagram. So give us a ring at 516-453-9162 and make sure you press 1 on your phone keypad or Skype keypad if you want to speak with me for a free mini reading. So I'm going to see if there's anyone calling in. We have Amla from Connecticut. Amla, are you there? Yes. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for the show. It's very helpful. Oh, good. How can I help you today, Amla? Um, yeah, it's, I'm looking for divine guidance with, um, it's interesting. You have to let things go, and it's like universe's test of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to call it a test, but um, sometimes you got to let things go to see if they come back. If it's really true, um, mm-hmm. as far yeah. as the relationship is concerned. Um, so that's right. what happened with me. I had to um, broke. Uh, it, it was somewhat mutual, but not really. Um, it was more on the other person's uh, part that he wanted mm-hmm. to take some time and to explore. Um, and mm-hmm. I just was wondering what the angels have to say about this this break. I don't think it's over. I think it's just the space to grow and like you were talking about to um, to look at things in a different perspective, a bigger, higher perspective, like bird's eye view. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, um, I had a friend recently who. Um, we were like joined at the hip, super best friends, and really had strong emotional intimacy. Like we did everything together. It wasn't romance, but it was very emotional intimacy. We went everything 
you know, we went everywhere together. We did everything together. And then he said, you know, we're, I'm being distracted from my life purpose, and so are you. Let's focus and possibly re- reconvene later. And it really hurt my heart because I was really attached and connected to him. And granted, you're, you're in a romantic relationship, so it feels worse. But I want to tell you what happened so you understand why things happen sometimes. Because sure. that happened, all of a sudden now there is an emotional availability that was taken up by his energy that now opened up. And I literally met the love of my life at the gym. I was swimming laps. Uh, I started doing a self-love practice of swimming every day, and I'd done it for about 21 days. And I was thinking, and I also had another relationship with someone that was more physical, but it wasn't emotional, the emotional love I craved. And I had the thought, what if I let go of my fear and cut it off with this person and I opened up to a true loving romantic partnership where someone is really able to be emotionally available and express their feelings and love me and allow myself to be loved. And within five minutes I came out and I went to the jacuzzi and met this guy and we've been dating each other for two months now. And I would have never met him if it weren't for leaving both of those other people behind, even though they weren't, it wasn't one person in one package. It was like two different people. So what I'm saying is it's either the many or the one. And so when someone leaves your life, whether it's for a period of time or forever, it's always for your benefit. And you can always trust that this is for your growth and evolution. The cards I pulled in this are courage. So be courageous and stand up for your beliefs. Um, Prosperity. Your material needs are provided as you follow your intuition and manifest your dreams into reality. Sacral chakra, you're highly sensitive to chemicals, additives, processed foods, and energies. Respect your sensitivities by avoiding harsh items, situations, and relationships. So what I feel is happening is you're needing, even though it seems like the other person, it was their idea, this is very important for your soul's evolution. And it's about you getting strength. Um, to know that you're never going to be codependent with this person when you do get back together. You will be more of that whole and complete higher yes. version of yourself. Yes. Where there won't be that. that kind of, um, what's the word, like unequal. It's almost like you yes. love him more than he loves you, but he will see you as your queen self. And I see you being really successful financially with work because of the new things that you're going to gain on this period of separation. So it's important. I know it's hard because we grieve of what was, but if you knew how amazing it's going to be, you would be celebrating. So I would keep the faith and it it is kind of like you said, you know, if they come back to you, they're meant to be yours. So if you're open to having the angels intervene and, and you really are going to fully surrender, that would be the most empowering, powerful thing for you to do. Because it really means you have high faith and trust. So we're going to put that relationship, and you just picture yourself putting it in your hands and giving it to the angels and saying, angels, if this man is meant to be mine, I ask that you transmute this relationship to the highest version of what it can be and give give it back to me, or you replace it with something better and trusting fully that whatever the end result is, um, it will be for your highest good. But I, I do feel this gentleman will be back in your life. So the timing of it is, it depends on when, but um, high self-love, 
breathing deeply through it with trust. They want you, they're testing you. It's a little bit of faith and trust. And yes. you will grow leaps and bounds from the separation. That's what I feel. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel really, it's interesting because it's been two weeks and every day, like, you know, I had to go through the morning period as far as grief. So I cried every day for a week. But then Aww. right now, it's like, but I needed to do that. Like, being yeah, vulnerable is important, right? Like, the old me was... attachment, you know? Yes. Yes. And it's and so it's, empowering because so much of our love relationships is so multi-layered. We have, yes. We have, we have the true love part, and then we have attachment and fear and um, addiction, addiction to the energy they give us, and it's so yes. mul- many, many layers. So you probably released yeah. a lot of the addiction part and the attachment part. Yeah. So now really true unconditional love can come in. And that means accepting someone exactly as they are and exactly as they're not, while also standing your ground for certain things that don't work for you. Exactly. And there's the solar plexus right there, you know, standing in your power. And, and Absolutely. And, yeah. This is so beautiful. And, yeah, I, mm-hmm. like, every day I surrender. Like I have yoga practice five, six times a week, and uh, every day I'm I'm surrendering to the sun salutations and I'm surrendering to whatever it is. I know it's for my highest good. And, um, well, that's it's, a beautiful so, self-love practice. You obviously have a very high self-love, and that's very important. It so is. And it, it, you, I think you're handling uh, it perfectly, and I'm going to, you know, pray for the highest good, but I think it's going to, it, you know, it is one of those things that feels real and is going to come back to you. Yeah, and you know what? Like you said, surrender and just believe, and not like not even getting attached. Like that's the hardest thing to do is to get um, getting attached to the fact that is he going to come back? Or is, I don't even want to do that at this time. I just kind of want to be like, all right, I give it to you, God, and do your yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So that you know, that's so then exactly you're even... where you need to be. That's yeah. exactly where you need to be. Well, I thank you so much for your call, Amla giving you a big angel hug through the ethers and um, seeing you being the highest version of what you can be and living happily ever after. Whether it's with this person or someone else, you're going to be a happy, wonderful, empowered woman. Thank you. So we have Elizabeth from Chicago on the line. Elizabeth, are you there? I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> you're from my old hometown. Yeah, how odd. And actually, I lived in Las Vegas for 14 years, and I'm missing that West Coast life totally. So how do you like Chicago? Um, I moved back here because my life changed, and I basically felt like this was the safest place for me to be. Mm. Um, I'm trying to restart my life. I am so far off my path. I'm having health issues, and the insurance company has been denying all the doctor's orders for the last four or five months. Um, mm. I, Yeah, and I'm not getting the health care that I need. There's something they found in my right lung that is growing. I don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. The doctor can't do anything until I get this CT scan, and I'm trying to change my diet. I'm meditating. I'm visualizing it melting away, whatever. But I've been mm. so sick that I've been so sick that I have not been able to work, and I don't know how to get out of this situation. I'm like totally stuck. 
Yeah, we're going to ask the angels to completely intervene and um, remove the fear from your body and put, you know, you said all the things we were, the, the cards I pulled are overcoming difficulties. The worst is mm. now behind you and you are surmounting any previous challenges. They are saying the things that are out of balance in your body can be fixed. Visualize yourself uh, doing well in this situation and have faith in a positive outcome. So you said you're already doing the visualizing. You're bringing in the white light. And um, there is a beautiful uh, meditation that is very powerful where you breathe in white light to your aura. So let's do it with me real quick, and then you can do it later for 15 minutes. I'm breathing in God's love and healing into my etheric body. You picture white light in your etheric body. I'm absorbing God's love into my mental body. You picture the light going into your mind area so it's cleansing your thoughts, and you hold the breath in your mind. Then you exhale into your emotional body, your abdomen, and you say, I'm expanding God's love and healing into my emotional body. And then you hold the breath, breathe down, and you imagine the white light going into all your cells. You say, I'm projecting God's love and healing into every cell, atom, tissue, and organ of my physical body, and especially focus on your lungs in your case. So mm -hmm. I'm in-breathing God's love and healing into my etheric body. I'm absorbing God's love and healing into my mental body. I'm expanding God's love and healing into my emotional body, breathing it out, and leaving it breathed out. I'm projecting it into every cell, atom, tissue, and organ. And every disease starts in the etheric body. And they're showing me this is fear. This it started from discordant beliefs and fear. And the other two cards I pulled are Earth Angel and you're a powerful light worker. So it is safe for you to be powerful. Your spiritual power bring, brings great blessings and loving service to the divine. And you're a light worker that came to Earth to teach about love. Disempowering, mm -hmm. I mean, this is disempowering. It is apparently or seemingly disempowering because you don't have a say over your health, it feels. Mm -hmm. And that you mm -hmm. have to give your power away to these doctors and they're jacking around with insurance and not a surprise to me. So mm -hmm. we need to take your life back into your own hands and heal yourself through visualization. And we also need to ask the angels right now to have a divine intervention so that things start moving with the insurance and it goes through. But I'm not convinced that whatever the insurance that they say and the treatments they say are really the highest version of what you can do either. So doing your own energetic work and clearing and chakra clearing and clearing, breathing in white light and visualizing yourself healed and doing what you said you were doing, the diet, is going to have a positive effect. And also they're showing me there's some people you need to meet, some healers, you know, some energy healers in Chicago that you'll be guided to, maybe um, looking through the the metaphysical med, uh, publications at the mm -hmm. bookstores or whatever, you, you'll be guided to the right people. But I'm sending, praying for you right now uh, and seeing you in perfect health and balance. And I'm sorry oh. for the, the current challenge, but I'm seeing you're going to be fine. So do not for one split second, you cannot deserve, you, can, you, you cannot afford the luxury of negative thoughts and fears right now. So when you have right. those fears, put them out of your mind and replace it with faith. And right now, Archangel Raphael is here. He wants to do a healing with you. So just he's pouring in beautiful white light to your lungs and helping take away some of the sadness. You know, lungs are grieving and grief. I think there's some grief and hurt, hurt, heart hurt in there. He wants to yeah. take that away from you. So we're going to let go of that. A lot. It's energetic. A lot of it is started with energetic. So pull, he's pulling that out and he's replacing it with light, white light, and he's pouring a golden healing balm over the top of your head, 
and it's coming down your entire body and pulling with it into it's going down your entire body, going back into the earth to be transmuted. Any kind of um, static, dark energy or sickness or imbalance. The truth is you are a powerful being of the light and you're fully connected to God. And they're reinstalling your original divine blueprint template of perfection right now. So picture all your cells being filled with bright white light and singing the song of love. You are love all and you are safe and all is well. You have to keep saying that all is well. Thank you, thank you. I am safe, feeling safe. And this is going to help. This is your part, the co-creation part. There are a few other little pieces of this puzzle that will be given to you as you go. But the energetic part has, has really been reinstalled right now. So see it, believe it, and, and um, feel safe and healed. And feel that you're back in balance. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, love. Have a beautiful day and much love to you. So we have you Mary too. from uh, – uh, bye, bye, Annie. Mary from Ireland. Are you there? Hello. Hi, Mary. Hello. Can you hear Hello. me? I can. Hello. Yes. Hi, oh, hello. Good, good. Hello there, how are you? Wonderful, how are you, love? Um, I just to ask if I could get your guidance on something. Um, my partner did something uh, which upset and disappointed me very much about mm-hmm. uh, three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, while we kind of um, got things back together, I'm still very distrustful and very upset. Um, so I'm just wondering if I can trust him and why he did this thing. I, I mm-hmm. really don't want to go into too much detail on air, if possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, hmm. I mean, there are several things at play here. One is everyone has values and what's most important to them and they're always loyal to those values and they often will say promises and in the moment they mean those promises but really they're always going to be loyal to what's most important to them then we have the shadow side of him which is um the saboteur so i'm feeling this eternal adolescent part of him that's kind of has won out a few times and it's almost like he did he say i didn't even know what i was doing or it didn't mean anything or whatever absolutely yeah he absolutely denies he did it at all you know well hold on boy is in the kitchen and they have crumbs all over their mouths and the mom says did you eat the cookie and the little boy says no what are they doing? Obviously, they're lying, but they're doing. Mm-hmm. Why are they lying? They're lying because they're scared of losing the mom's love. The little boy is scared of losing his mom's love, so he lies. But mm-hmm. does the mom scream at him and say, "You're a liar! You're a liar!" I mean, my mom actually did do that. She, I remember when I was little and I lied. She said, "I hate liars more than anything else in the entire world," and I felt mm-hmm. in my life stigmatized knowing that I was a total liar and my mom really, if she knew me, would hate me. Um, So we want to understand and leave a lot of room for humans to be human. And to be truthful, there's a lot of garbage that goes along with humans and fear-based choices and quote-unquote naughty things that we do. So I do believe this person does love you, like his higher self loves you, and he is very (laughs) sorry for me, and he is lying. 
but it's because he mm-hmm. loves you. So okay. can you have that kind of generous heart, not someone who gets walked on all the time and he's going to keep doing that because I don't feel that's the case, but can you have that heart that has a bit of leeway and room for humans to be human and the garbage of being human and keep focusing on his higher self? How serious yeah. is this? Can you let that go? Uh, sure. Um, I'm just wondering why he did it. Well, the why is because um, that's the complicated part. Because as humans, we have different levels of ourselves. We have the ego. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're insecure and we need attention because that shadow side of us is running us and we forget that we're okay. And if we're mm-hmm. drinking, we might not be in our right mind and may make a choice that seems logical. Mm-hmm. Or it's not even a choice with your regular mind. It's more like mm-hmm. an animal impulse. And then later mm-hmm. you're like, what did I do? And who mm-hmm. was it that was doing that? And in a way, it's kind of not you because it's this lower self part that takes over. And it could be, it's often because of um, just the animal brain, the reptilian brain choosing something. It can Uh be, you know, but I feel it's insecurity based was the reason for it, which is kind of strange. But um, I feel he's somewhat insecure. Do you feel that? Okay. Um, I know because I thought everything was fine, to be honest, until I discovered this, you know. And uh, do you think it... I'm sorry? Has it stopped? Um, What I feel is this this does not need... I don't think it's needing as much attention as you're giving it. It's not as serious as you think. Okay. I'm not 100% sure that it's fully stopped, but I feel his intentions are good to be to okay. be better and to be good. That's what I feel. I don't feel it's something you throw out. Let me pull a card okay. on it. Yeah, and it says compassion. Soften your heart with respect to the situation and all people involved, including yourself. And I think you've been very afraid because your world has been shaken with this. And your angels mm-hmm. want you to hold yourself in your own arms like a little baby and give yourself love. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. No matter what he does with his lower self at times, either way, your happiness is not contingent upon his actions. But I think overall he does love you, and I do think you can let this go. And I don't think unless you choose to make it a paramount issue, it's as big of a deal as you're thinking. That's what I feel. Okay. 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 And by the way, my dad is from Kilcar, County Donegal. I don't know if you know that oh, area. Uh, My absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I'm I'm actually in Southern Ireland, but I oh. don't know if yeah. Mhm. Mhm. What, what? Where are you from? I'm I'm from Southern Ireland, County Cork. Cork, wonderful. Well, yeah. It's so lovely to talk to you, honey. I'm going to see the angels intervening in your life and in your relationship, Mary, and transmuting oh, that cute. darkness and and really healing him fully from these indiscrepancies. That's what they're putting it as, indiscrepancies. So there are things that are not in alignment with his true character. And so we're not going to judge his little behaviors as part of who he is as a person, any more than a mother would call her little child, because he lied about cookies on his mouth, a bad, bad boy. He's not a bad boy. Give him more love. That's what I feel. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Shishi. Thank you. You're so welcome, Mary. Blessings. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.
So we have Jay from Canada. Jay, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for taking my call. My old Thanks buddy Jay. Nice to hear from you again. Yeah, talked to you a bunch of times. So nice that you're such a loyal listener. We have a couple yeah, minutes left. Do you have a quick question or comment? Yes, I do, actually. Yeah, just, I, I heard some voices in my head while I was sleeping. One was okay. my mother was saying JJ, and then I had a pers- I had a song come into my head. It was actually uh, Dolly Parton's yeah, Here We Go Again. Mm-hmm. And then I heard another song. I heard th- like a crashing water, and then it, it just felt like it was like a splash in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just yes. strange to hear that in my dreams, and I kind of like woke up. I don't know what the meanings are, so yeah. I just wonder what your thoughts on it is. You're really opening your psychic gifts and your clear audience, clear hearing. And it comes through songs entering your mind with the, and, and hearing maybe voices of deceased loved ones or spirit guides of energy coming in and hearing sounds and it's not you feel like your consciousness is not generating it it's coming kind of like without you prompting it it just kind of comes into your mind so this is a huge breakthrough it's a good news so don't panic you know you're just having your six senses you know open up your intuition is increasing clear cognizance clear clear audience you may start um channeling books do you do writing right now um, actually, I'm um, going to be starting writing. I'm just taking some um, grief classes, some grief workshops, and some mm-hmm. grief yoga for grief. So um, I did actually, I haven't talked to you for a while, but I actually took a, uh, four weeks of poetry, how to write poetry. And, Amazing. Uh, well, they want to yeah. help you write. And, and the other card I got is release. So it's great that you're doing the grief work. And it says problem resolved and release. Work with Archangel Michael to let go of what no longer serves you or your purpose. So let's just take a deep breath, and if you're willing to, just continue to let go of any of these residual, unresolved feelings of confusion, grief, sadness, um, hurt, fear. Let go so the angels can really use you to the optimal version of what you came here to do, which is to be a clear channel of source for source and spirit and to help a lot, a lot of people through your words and through your, you know, writings. And so, and you are a healer. That's what I feel. So that's why you had to go through a lot of these painful experiences so that you could be that archetype, the wounded healer. Anyways, Jay, we're coming to the end of our show. Thank you for your call. Um, Appreciate you listening. And big love and hugs to everyone who is listening. Angel blessings. Angel blessings to you, love. Have a great week, everyone. 